Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Thank you for being here. Today is an exciting program. Larry Spargimino and James Collins are here with some special guests, an exciting announcement, a debut of a brand new resource, and some really good news. Today is a very exciting day here at the Watchmen on the Wall. We are excited to announce that Southwest Radio Ministries is now a gospel partner with Prophecy in the News. In November of 1979, Prophecy in the News launched its worldwide ministry from Oklahoma City, founded by J.R. Church, a Texas pastor with a heart and a vision for Bible prophecy, as well as reaching the world with the gospel. From the start of Prophecy in the News, J.R. Church had a close relationship with Southwest Radio Ministries. J.R. became close friends with Noah Hutchings and David Weber here at Southwest Radio Church. They helped introduce J.R. Church to the fans of their far-reaching radio ministry and provided support as he built his prophecy ministry from its Oklahoma City base. Not long after he started Prophecy in the News, J.R. Church began writing and publishing books and booklets on prophetic and end-time subjects as well as soon launching a weekly Prophecy in the News television show that became syndicated on national TV, including Daystar and TBN. He also published the Prophecy in the News magazine, which was focused on current events in Bible prophecy. The Prophecy in the News magazine was the most popular periodical ever published on Bible prophecy. After J.R. Church went to be with the Lord in 2011, Prophecy in the News pressed on for nearly a decade before taking a brief hiatus. Until now. Now, Prophecy in the News is back in a gospel partnership with Southwest Radio Ministries. Joining me to talk about Prophecy in the News and J.R. Church is the co-host of The Watchman on the Wall, James Collins. James, it's an exciting day, isn't it? It certainly is, Dr. Spargimino. You know, I grew up watching Prophecy in the News on TV and reading the Prophecy in the News magazine. That's why I am thrilled to announce that the Prophecy in the News magazine is being relaunched. Yes, it's being relaunched this month. Our goal with the magazine is to continue the vision of J.R. Church. You know, we want to provide relevant Bible teaching plus offer an exciting lineup of contemporary scholars and authors, along with the timeless teachings of J.R. Church. We also want to encourage watchful and enthusiastic students of Bible prophecy in these last days. Well, yes, James, I understand that you recently spoke with Linda Church, and you also have some unique audio recordings of J.R. Church teaching from his book, Guardians of the Grail. Let's listen to that now. I am so very excited that Prophecy in the News is now a gospel partner with Southwest Radio Ministries. The founder of Prophecy in the News, J.R. Church, was a hero of mine. I'm sure that many of you remember him, but for those who are not familiar with J.R. Church, I'd like to take just a moment to share a little about him. J.R. was born in 1938 in Abilene, Texas. His name was Jerry Rowland Church, but he was always known as J.R. He became a Christian at the age of seven in a home Bible study. And not long after that, God called him to the ministry, and J.R. set out with a goal in life to win others to Jesus Christ. He graduated from Lubbock High School in 1957, and he moved to Tennessee where he studied Bible at Tennessee Temple University. 
He ultimately was awarded a bachelor's and was later granted an honorary doctorate of divinity from Emmanuel Baptist Theological Seminary. J.R. served as the pastor of Western Hills Baptist Church in Lubbock, Texas for 17 years. He had a great skill for teaching Bible prophecy, and he felt God moving him to start a ministry devoted to that subject. So in 1979, J.R. Church moved to Oklahoma City and started Prophecy in the News. J.R. went home to be with the Lord in 2011. I was fortunate enough to have met him a couple of times. One time at a conference in 2003, J.R. signed a book for me, and he said, Young man, just keep preaching Jesus and keep looking up. In 1958, J.R. Church married Linda, and they had two children, a daughter, Terry, and a son, Jerry. J.R. and Linda were married for over 53 years. Today, I am very, very excited to have Mrs. Linda Church, the widow of J.R. Church, in the studio with me. Mrs. Church has been in poor health recently, so I am so very grateful that she agreed to be on the program with me today. Mrs. Church, let me start by asking you about your time before Prophecy in the News. Wasn't J.R. a pastor before he started Prophecy in the News? Well, he pastored for 17 and a half years in Lubbock, Texas, Western Hills Baptist Church. And then when we left the church, we had a Christian school running around 250 students. Well, I knew that J.R. was a pastor, but I never knew that he also ran a Christian school. That's a big school. Yeah, that's a pretty big school. Our church ran around 300 So he was there for 17 and a half years. Back when he was a pastor, did he preach a lot on Bible prophecy? He didn't preach on prophecy from the pulpit. He felt that he shouldn't do that. So he took the Sunday night time in a little chapel we had there in the church, and he would preach to those who came on prophecy. You know, I did the exact same thing when I was a pastor. Sunday night was all Bible prophecy. Did you have a large crowd at the Sunday night prophecy class? Yes, we had quite a few come to that room where we met. And he also taped it, and it was on television on Channel 28 in Lubbock. Wow, I didn't know that J.R. did television in Lubbock before Prophecy in the News. Tell me about coming to Oklahoma City and starting the ministry, Prophecy in the News. We actually left Lubbock. He resigned the pastorate, and we left Lubbock on his birthday, which was November the 17th, 1979. We moved here to Oklahoma City. His twin brother lives here. His twin brother is still alive, and his name is Terry. So we moved, moved into a small rental house, and we worked out of the garage. He produced the television programs in the garage there at that little house. That's incredible. The Prophecy in the News television program started in J.R. Church's garage. Yes, we started out with Channel 34. It was a news station at that time, and his brother told him about it. He said, go out and buy airtime, and we did. And that got us started in television. Now, I have had the privilege of watching some of those early shows, and back then, J.R. didn't have any guests on the program. Mainly just him, yeah for quite some time. Uh I might mention, too, we worked out of our home when we first moved here, and then we rented a small office in downtown Moore. It was just an awful-looking little office. (laughs) And that's where we started our publication. Back then, it was a newspaper. We got a man who knew how to lay out 
this was before computers, and he would typeset everything, and then he'd have to go downtown and pick up the typesetting and then lay it out. <laughs> That's funny, because today with all our modern computers, people have no idea what you're talking about when you use the term typesetting. You know, I was uh, blessed to meet J.R. a couple of times, and he once told me, just keep preaching Jesus and keep looking up. And I'll never forget that he took the time to visit with me when I was a young man starting out in the ministry. And I've talked to several people since he passed away that he talked with. He loved to talk. If someone called the house, our house, and he was there, he would talk with them. And he would stay on the phone for an hour if he was talking about prophecy. J.R. Church did so many things. He started a television program. He published a magazine. He was on the radio. He wrote several books. What do you think J.R. Church's greatest achievement was? Well, I think stepping down from a church that he'd been with for over 17 years and starting a new ministry. Miss Linda, now that Prophecy in the News is in a gospel partnership with Southwest Radio Ministries, what is your prayer for Prophecy in the News? Well, just to keep it going and win souls. Amen. That is my prayer, too. Thank you, Mrs. Church. I've been speaking today with the widow of J.R. Church, Mrs. Linda Church, about her husband's legacy and the legacy of prophecy in the news. This is James Collins, and you are listening to a special edition of The Watchman on the Wall. We are excited to announce that Prophecy in the News, the ministry of J.R. Church, is now in a gospel partnership with Southwest Radio Ministries. For the next few minutes, I'd like to talk about one of J.R.'s most popular books, Guardians of the Grail. J.R. was a man who was years ahead of his time. Guardians of the Grail was released years before the book and the movie The Da Vinci Code, but it refutes the nonsense that The Da Vinci Code tried to push off as truth. Guardians of the Grail gives the history behind the secret group that is preparing the world for the Antichrist. Back in August of 1989, J.R. Church was a guest on this program for five weeks. He was on our program to launch Guardians of the Grail. On the same day that Guardians of the Grail was released, the motion picture Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was also released. When asked about his title, Guardians of the Grail, here is what J.R. Church had to say. The book is entitled Guardians of the Grail and subtitled the men who plan to rule the world. The problem with the title is that most people have not known what the Grail's all about. I can envision people passing the bookstore shelf and seeing the title Guardians of the Grail and asking the question, what's a Grail? That would pose a problem. And of course, the book being titled that would be difficult, you know, for people to grasp what's in the book. But a movie has come out, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, telling about the story of the Grail. And what is so fascinating to me is that the movie came out the week the book went to press. Because of the success of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, most people believe that the Grail is a cup. Let's listen again as J.R. Church elaborates. The Holy Grail. Being in the legend, the cup that the Lord Jesus Christ lifted at the Last Supper and said, this is my blood of the New Testament. And that scripture, by the way, is found in Matthew chapter 26, verse 28. Jesus referred to the cup and the wine in the cup as he observed what we call today the Lord's Supper. 
and referred to it as the wine representing his blood, which is shed for the remission of sins. Well, a legend grew up around that cup. There is no truth to the legend, but it is an esoteric teaching that has some terrific overtones. It is said that Joseph of Arimathea took the cup to the cross, and when the spear pierced the side of Christ and the blood and water came out of the side of Christ, Joseph of Arimathea caught the blood in the cup, then took the cup to the British Isles, where he became the first guardian of the grail. From his offspring and so on has come the legendary tales of King Arthur's Knights of the Round Table and Sir Galahad and Boris and Percival going off to find the grail. When asked, here is what J.R. Church had to say as to why Christians should take an interest in the grail. Now, the average Christian doesn't know much about the grail because uh, most of that is European folklore and has not come across the Atlantic over into the United States. But I think Christians will see the importance of this legend of the grail when they understand that in Revelation chapter 17, Mystery Babylon, a harlot, is seen holding a golden cup in her hands. And this is the grail. Let me read the scripture in Revelation 17, beginning in verse 4. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And that, by the way, is the reason why I call the grail the grail, not the holy grail. My opinion is that it is an unholy grail. That this legend that has grown up around the cup held by Christ is a perversion that the Antichrist will use to try to gain his title to the throne and end the abomination of desolation. I believe that the abomination of desolation will be perpetrated by a certain monarch, a European monarch, who has a family tree that goes all the way back. And in our book, Guardians of the Grail, we list this genealogy. You recall in Matthew and Luke, the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ is given. Well, there is a genealogy for the one whom I believe could well be that future ruler of the world, that one who will claim his title to the throne of Jerusalem, who will go in, shall we say, the last crusade, in his last crusade, go to Jerusalem to throw out the infidels and to establish his throne and to claim his title, king of Jerusalem. This European monarch has a genealogy and this genealogy goes all the way back to the 5th century. But the legend built around this genealogy is that it goes right straight back to Mary Magdalene. J.R. Church was motivated to write The Guardians of the Grail when a blasphemous movie was released. Let's listen again as he explains. Several years ago, 
when Paramount Pictures first announced that they were going to produce this movie called The Last Temptation of Christ, wherein Jesus would have an affair with Mary Magdalene, I began to research where this crazy idea came from. It was written by Cousin Zakis, so it goes back not only to him in the early part of this century, but it goes past him way back into medieval European history. This concept that Jesus had a wife named Mary Magdalene that bore sacred children. So this dreadful blasphemy is actually dogma held by these adepts of the Holy Grail. After I saw the news about the picture uh, that was going to be put out by Paramount Pictures. By the way, it got shelved. And finally, Universal Pictures picked it up and put it out. And as I began to research this crazy idea that Jesus and Mary Magdalene had an affair, I came across this book, Holy Blood, Holy Grail, by Michael Bajant, Richard Lee, and Henry Lincoln, and picked it up and began to read it and was astonished at what they had found in their research of a little mountaintop village in southern France called the Rennelais Chateau. This was said to be and the conclusion brought by these men who worked for the British Broadcasting Company and wrote the book. And by the way, they are agnostics. They are not Christians and they don't believe in God. And they think it'd be a wonderful idea if a world monarch would arise from the lineage of Mary Magdalene and Jesus Christ through Mary Magdalene. So they thought it was a great idea, you see. That's one of their conclusions in the book. I think it's a dreadful idea. And in fact, I believe that it is the fulfillment of the prophecies given in the Bible concerning Mystery Babylon and the eventual man of sin, son of perdition. J.R. Church said that there was much more to the legend of the grail than just a cup. The legend goes back into the ancient past when Lucifer wore a stone of light in his crown. He was called the light bearer. The name Lucifer means light bearer. Well, Michael and Lucifer had a fight. Michael knocked the stone out of the crown of Lucifer, brought the stone to the earth and made a cup, gave it to Melchizedek, who offered the cup of wine and the bread to Abraham. So after he saved the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, then this cup fell into the hands of the king of Tyre and it was in a Phoenician temple there. This is, of course, all ridiculous, untrue, but this is the legend. Kept in a temple in Phoenicia, Hiram was the builder of Solomon's temple. And then the queen of star wisdom, the queen of Sheba obtained this cup from King Hiram of Tyre and brought it and gave it to Solomon, king in Jerusalem, who built a temple. And Solomon kept the cup down through the centuries, passed it down from one father to son, father to son, father to son, and so on down through the genealogy until it was given to the Lord Jesus Christ, who was the offspring of Solomon, and he drank the Last Supper out of it. Long before the Da Vinci Code, there was a heresy that asserted that the womb of Mary was actually the Holy Grail. Let's listen again as J.R. Church explains. So the stone of light is more than just a cup. It becomes the vessel that bore the blood of Christ. But the real grail, when you get it all boiled down to the finality of it all, the grail is not the cup that bore the blood of Christ, but the vessel that bore the blood line of Christ. That is, Mary Magdalene is the grail. She bore the bloodline of Christ. And this bloodline genealogy is literally actually published in European history 
And we have listed father, son, father, son, father, son, all the way down from this 5th century monarch, Frankish monarch, king of the Frank, Merovi was his name, who lent his name to the dynasty called the Merovingian dynasty, so-called offspring of Mary Magdalene, who was the vessel that bore the bloodline of Christ. Or perhaps we should even get more specific and say it was the womb of Mary Magdalene that bore the bloodline of Christ. So she's the grail. And here in Revelation 17, we have a woman pictured with a golden cup in her hand, and you can see this mystery Babylon religion of mother and child all over again down through medieval history to this very day there is a monarch who does not hold a throne today his throne to which he was heir was taken away from him in worldwide war number one when in world war one most of the thrones of europe were toppled and most of these monarchs of europe lost their Some hold their titles, but they still have lost their political clout and power and the authority of the throne. This monarch does not have a throne today. I'm James Collins, and you are listening to a special edition of The Watchman on the Wall. And we are going back to the radio vault to 1989 to listen to legendary Bible prophecy teacher J.R. Church talk about his book, Guardians of the Grail. The book Guardians of the Grail was released on the very same day as the film Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. J.R. Church did not believe that was coincidence. Perhaps it was done by divine appointment, and I don't say that lightly, because I believe God wanted this book published. He wants God's people to know what's going on in the development toward the United States of Europe and the development toward a one-world monetary system and a monarch who will eventually try to take over the world and rule the world. One-world government and one-world religion and one-world money all revolves around one man. And this man has a genealogy. His family tree goes all the way back. His family is called in European history the family of the Holy Grail. And so this movie put out about the search for the Grail is more than just the search for the cup that Jesus drank the Last Supper from. In the movie, for instance, its title is The Last Crusade. Well, that refers back to the first crusade in 1099, when one of this family members of this particular genealogy by the name of Godfrey de Bouillon took five crusader armies from five cousin kings to Jerusalem, drove out the Muslims and established the crusader kingdom and established the title king of Jerusalem. Now, he died in the year 1100 and his brother Baldwin took over the throne and the crown and the title king of Jerusalem. Their sister married and the family tree is listed in the book. I mean, father, son, father, son, all the way down to the latest offspring of this heir to the title from the first crusade, king of Jerusalem. And this title now is about to be bestowed one of these days on a young European son of a European monarch whose name, by the way, adds up to 666. 
He may well be the one who will go to Jerusalem in the last crusade. When the Antichrist commits the abomination of desolation, it will be when he goes to Jerusalem to claim his title to the throne. In Guardians of the Grail, J.R. Church kept refuting the heresy that Jesus fathered children with Mary Magdalene. Once again, we return to the radio archives. Here is J.R. Church with more. The Grail is really a family, and it was not just a cup. You know, in the movie, they had the cup being a pottery or a glass, but it was not a golden cup. Most of the cups you saw in the movie were from the Crusader days, but this one cup turned out to be the true Grail. Well, the Holy Grail is not really a cup. It is not even a golden cup. It is the womb of the woman who supposedly bore the bloodline of Christ. The same strange mythology that is held dear by, for example, the Mormon church today who are adepts of the Holy Grail. They believe that Jesus married Mary Magdalene and Martha and bore sacred children. These so-called sacred children are producing a European monarch who will one day make his claim to the throne. I am James Collins, and you've been listening to legendary Bible prophecy teacher J.R. Church talk about his book, Guardians of the Grail. As part of Prophecy in the News, now being a gospel partner with Southwest Radio Ministries, we are excited today to offer a subscription to the Prophecy in the News magazine. Also, we're excited to offer the book, the DVD, and the audio CD set of Guardians of the Grail by J.R. Church. You can subscribe to the Prophecy in the News magazine and order the Guardians of the Grail collection now by calling 1-800-652-1144 or you can order online at swrc.com. How exciting to know that Prophecy in the News is back. All of us at Southwest Radio Ministries and Watchmen on the Wall are excited to announce the relaunch of the Prophecy in the News magazine. Subscribe today. Call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or visit swrc.com. Subscribe to the Prophecy in the News magazine today. When you subscribe, you will get the print edition of the magazine, a digital version, and a subscription to FaithNet TV, our online streaming platform that has over 1,000 on-demand teaching videos. Call 1-800-652-1144 and subscribe to the Prophecy in the News magazine. Today in the Resource Center, we have the complete Guardians of the Grail collection by J.R. Church. The book, DVD, and complete audio teaching on CD. Order all three resources in the Guardians of the Grail collection when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order the complete Guardians of the Grail collection online swrc.com. That's swrc.com. 
Tomorrow, J.R. Church will continue his look at the Guardians of the Grail. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchmen on the Wall podcast. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners just like you. Visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Thank you.